This podcast is for educational and informational purposes only. The conversations are of a general nature and do not qualify as financial or tax advice. We recommend before you make any financial decisions, you consult a licensed professional. Individuals on the podcast may hold positions in the companies discussed. Welcome to episode 57 of The Numbers Game. I'm Jason Robinson and I'm here with Nick Riley and Martin Vitakovic. Have I said that right this time? I've been avoiding saying it since the episode where I said Vitakovic or something and Nick gave me shit. But you said hot dogs earlier on a few episodes ago and over a budding snag, so I've just gone with it. G'day, guys. How are we? What's happening? Martin Vidakovic, Thanks, Jay. <laughs> it's Vidakovic for me. And I think anyone that calls a hot dog, uh, uh, sorry, a sausage and bread a hot dog deserves what they get. So we're, we're not starting on that again. Call him Djokovic if you like. Djokovic, Vita Djokovic, whatever it is, whatever it is. Well, it's all well, good. I, I'm going good, boys. I, I'm struggling a little bit with my eight-year-old. He's uh, going through sex ed classes and he's asking me questions I can't quite answer. And uh, it's very nerve-wracking, I can tell you. So when you boys get to go through that, it's... Uh, can, can I share one uh, just to yeah. get your perspective on it? Yeah, Please not? do. So the question is, do girls have doodles on the inside? Ooh. See, 10 years ago, I could have answered that. <laughs> I'm not so sure anymore. I can give the correct answer to that. How, how would you respond to that? Not even going to try. So my question is, what's going on there at school? Because how do you get that? Yeah, we're covering the big issues at the moment, obviously. I was, I was far happy to discuss hot dog versus sausage in bread, to be honest. That's an easy one. And at, at least, Nick, Nick, for you and I, at least we know the answer of the hot dog versus sausage in bread yeah. uh, thing. And if you, if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to go back a couple episodes where Marty was at Bunnings and thought he could get a hot dog, but he was very, very wrong. So all good, though. Getting back on track. Today's episode, sticking with reading the play, and we've got an article out of news.com.au that's around home buyers and the radical differences in the age of home buyers from 20 years ago to today. Um, so today's episode brought to you by Walker Digital. As always, any help with your social media needs. The team are doing a cracking job on Future Advisories Business and the Numbers Game, helping out with us. So if you need anything, wlkr.digital. And let's play. Tarek Brooker. I'm going to assume it's Tarek, but it might be Tarich with my pronunciation of uh, Marty's last name. So... I wanted to kind of, I'm going to read through some things for you, and I'm pretty excited by this one because I did a little bit of extra research uh, that I'll share with you. So this article was around comparing the statistics around first home buyers from 20 years ago in the, in the t- early 2000s or when it ticked over to the year 2000 compared to now in, in 2022. So cast our minds back to the year 2000. Now, I've got a few things that I wanted to share to, to get us feeling the 2000 mood. So the economy was booming and it was a good time to be an Australian. So do you remember in the year 2000, Napster and MP3s? You remember that, Nick? Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah cool. Uh, MP3, yes, not Napster. Napster. So Napster was the like how you could illegally pirate and download music back in those days. Do you remember Napster? Maybe, maybe you're a good boy, that's fine. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You do. We also had dial-up internet, and I think that name, the, the sound of the ba-dee, ba-dee, was like burnt into the back of us uh, 80s and 90s yes. kids' brains. 
Uh, social media didn't exist. We had no MySpace even at that stage. It was still six years away, so we're still waiting for that. Um, we did have MSN Messenger though, so I think a lot of people got their first girlfriends on, on MSN Messenger. Um, DVDs were peaking. It was the newest, hottest, coolest technology, and if we flew anywhere, we're probably flying on ANSET. I had bleached my hair blonde, which I mean, Marty and Nick, you probably did the same thing because you guys were pretty cool back then too. The Nokia 3310 was the best-selling phone ever, and we're probably all playing Snake. It was the first season of Survivor and the first season of Big Brother. That was 20 years ago. Jeez, we've come a long way, haven't we? We have, we? we have. Now, it wasn't until I started kind of reading and looking at that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, that was the year 2000. I think Eminem was coming on the scene. He was uh, pretty big, and uh, NSYNC uh, might have had the top number one single Bye 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 that year, so... Uh, trip down memory lane. So taking us back to 20 years ago, I hope you guys enjoyed that because I did when I was uh, doing I my did. show notes. The, the Bobbers won the flag too. You forgot oh, that I, one. I was, I, was just, I was hoping you were going to go there, Marty. Did you get? Did you see that in my notes later on? You just took it took it from me. No, I'm just kidding. It was a bloody great- Sydney Olympics. Sydney yes. Olympics. Kathy Freeman, correct. Look, look at us. Get, get can, I, can, I, yes, can I ask, Nick. did you research the NSYNC thing or did you just know that? <laughs> No comment. Um, carry on. So, guys, getting into the point of this article, not just the trip down memory lane as much as we've enjoyed it, and and uh, I'd love to get a Nokia 3310, get Snake going again. Um, the nation's first home buyers. Do you guys want to have a guess at the age, the average age of a first home buyer in the year 2000? Mid-20s. 28. 20, 24.5. So the average 24-year-old, okay. or the 24 was the average age of a first home buyer 20 years ago. Now, to talk you through a bit of what that meant, mortgages around them were 20-year mortgages, whereas now they're becoming more common to be a 30-year mortgage. So what would happen is the hypothetical median household on, on average wages, um, dealing with their average illnesses, family issues, financial difficulties over the, the life cycle of a loan, could be mortgage-free by the time they were 50. That's from when they're buying at the age of 24. Now, working through all of that, if you're mortgage-free by the time you're 50, you generally then ended up with more disposable income to spend after the age of 50, supporting the economy, buying from local small businesses, because you weren't diverting a big chunk of your weekly paycheck towards paying off your mortgage. So good times. The change, 22 years later, fast forward to 2022, and we know what's going on in life now with uh, Facebook and social media and inflation and the news and all the different things that are on our fingertips all the times. But the average age of a first home buyer now in Australia is 34.5. It's moved 10 years later on. So your first home buyer has had to wait an extra decade to be able to get into the market. Now with house prices significantly, significantly higher compared to household incomes than what they were 22 years ago, loan terms have also extended to the 30 years, as I was mentioning. So what that means then now is the time that it takes to pay off your home loan from the age of 35 when you buy your first home is you are likely to still be paying off your home if you haven't accelerated your mortgage repayments by the age of 65 when you're meant to be coming to close to retirement age. So you haven't had that extra 15 years of putting money into the economy and spending extra money once you've paid off your home because you're still paying down your mortgage. Any comments or thoughts around that? You're seeing a lot of 34, 35-year-olds coming in to innovate to buy their first home? Yeah, definitely. Not many 24-year-olds, I assume, these days? Not as many. Rare. And usually no. with the help of parents, if they are. And then one last thing to say, to mention from the article before we go into a bit of open discussion about it, because I'm interested in your thoughts on on uh, what this means for moving forward in the future. But 
the an additional report said that the world of finance leaders and, and people who comment on all these things and deal with the banks are looking at putting forward the idea of being able to extend mortgages to a 40-year loan term, which would mean then if the average home buyer was getting in now at 34, 35 and needed the 40 years to pay it down from an affordability point of view, they'll still be paying off their home loan at the age of 74, 75 years old. Have you guys heard anything around the 40-year loan term or is that kind of something new to you guys? Pretty sure there was, wasn't there one floating around, Marty, from memory? Yeah, there was. It was a non-conforming lender, a specialised lender. And I, I just try to rack my brains as to whether it's still in existence. But yeah, from an affordability point of view, um, I don't want to say the name just in case I get it wrong, but there was, there was a 40-year loan term out yeah, there wow. a little while. There was only... One lender I remember doing it, but it was around 2009 from memory. It was it was around 2009, 2010 from memory, but, but uh, certainly know. was around. And I think they're going to have to do it just based on providing people with the affordability to buy housing, mm. given the the higher prices. So I think that's they're going to have to look at flexible policy, flexible lending terms to you know cater for that it cater for that market. It may have, um, I'm just thinking out loud here, it may have disappeared with responsible lending because if you've got yep. someone in their mid-30s, you know, you're committing them to a debt until age 75. Now, what's their ability to work at age 75? For most people, it would probably still be there, but there's a lot can go wrong between, you know, age 50 and 75 from a health point of view for a lot of reasons. So. Maybe responsible lending killed that because the lender's got to think about, well, geez, could this person be doing the job they're doing at 73, 74 years old and still have the ability to make a mortgage repayment? It's, it's an interesting topic because going back to 2000, I would think that people would have held their mortgages with one lender mm. for a long period of time. People weren't chopping and changing as much. So I think you know the average mortgage these days lasts for about four and a half years before someone changes it over. So... I think the dynamics have changed because broking really was at its infancy stages. So you pretty much had your lender of choice back then and you stayed with your 20-year loan. I think people transitioning and upselling and downsizing and doing all sorts of things is, is much more prominent these days as well. So I don't know whether the exit timing is as relevant as, as probably what it was back then where people would be more stable in their decisions on where they were going to live for the long term. But that's my read. And I, funnily enough, I thought you were doing a Wikipedia on me, Jace, because I actually purchased my first home in 2000 uh, for 160000 in Nutter Wadding. And I remember thinking, oh, I was on 80 grand at the time and thinking, oh, yeah, I want to knock this over, you know, within 15 years. Um but living costs were so much lower that you mm. could do those types of things back then. So at that at that price range, so yeah, it has changed so much in twenty yeah. years. And this is where it's uh, I guess different and interesting. Where I look at you know if I if I get my first home and buy the average house, let's say what is it seven hundred? The average house price in Australia seven hundred thousand. Yeah, around about that seven. Yep. Yeah, seven, yeah. So if I if I went out and bought the average home at seven hundred thousand and you know say income of about six figures hundred k, it's, it's it's not the same mindset or thought process of you buying at 160 on 80 grand and being able to knock that down really fast versus now the mindset of having a 30-year loan and, and a lot longer to pay that $700,000 down. 
But that was one of the things, you know, in, in our early episode um, the other week, we talked about the property prices and buying the fear and how house prices haven't necessarily come down or they've gone up a lot faster than in relation to people's incomes. And one of the things that I looked up was in relation to what are the things that drive property prices to remain high? And one of them was lending policy and availability of credit. So over the years and over the time, lenders have adapted to continue to be able to give people money on longer terms to have them be able to afford to pay down buying these properties. So that was, um, you know, along with, you know, supply and demand, local dem- local demographics and these kind of things that drive property prices, um, the ability to get funding to buy a home keeps a property price, you know, where it is. If you can't get money, which is what we may find out in the next six or 12 months with some more rate rises, there'll be less people who can afford the loans if they want to keep getting properties at that price. But it's going to be uh, some interesting times. There was an extra statistic there that I'll read you guys around. Um, The bit that I found interesting was the availability of having money to spend. Obviously, with CPI and inflation, you know, all based around people having more cash at the moment, they're spending money, it's driving prices up and it's causing inflation. Um, as well as, you know, all the other things with materials and, and um, supply chain issues. But between the age of 55 and 64 back in 2000 and, and those homeowners that were buying then, there was only 14% that had debt left between the age of 55 and 64. The home buyers now, there's 47% of people who took out home loans uh, at the 30, as you push towards the 34 year age, Still 47% of them have home loans between the age of 55 and 64. So those people are still paying off their home loans rather than having a more disposable income to go on holidays and, you know, travel Australia, bolt on a caravan to the, you know, the, the car and go for a road trip. They're still paying down their mortgages and still have to work. So uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, imagine doing this another 10 or 20 years from now and doing the 2040 version where you looked back at 2020 and uh, they're talking about their hover, hovering cars and their, you know, everything being run on electricity or who knows what that uh, that future looks like. But it's... Uh, but, but again, Jace, I go, you know, that's the system's way of securing more interest for a longer period of time. And we briefly touched on this in the last episode, but you have to be smarter than the system, you know. So how, how do you focus on paying down that debt in half the time, you know, to give you... And, and people are starting to make these decisions. I think people have had a big awareness shift with COVID where they have been going to regional centres where, you know, cost of living is less and also, you know, the prices are less in order to... They're asking themselves better questions on how do I want to live? You know, how do I want to live? What does my future look like? They're not just jumping straight into the market without thought. I think people are genuinely putting more thought behind it to go. I even, strangely enough, spoke to a client today buying a 500 square metre block, putting five containers, looks like a a normal house, and basically, you know, would be maybe one fifth of the price. And with the with the goal of smart living, uh, with the goal of really you know deleveraging debt and building on their future, but having a lifestyle in the um, in, in, while we're doing that. And I think what's happening here are people people are sometimes sacrificing lifestyle and life and even kids. How many kids they have because of cost. And I think that's just naturally what's what's happening. So I think you've got to rethink strategy of going, okay, what does it look like for me? How do I want to live? 
what's sustainable in regards to my lifetime and yeah that might be you know leverage up while i'm young and go for the you know the highest price house in the best suburb that i can get um but but at least have a plan around the mortgage you want to get in but think about how you can make it work for you and 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 do investment strategies around it so so you really and nick says it all the time you've got to have a goal you've got to know where you're going and put some thought around it or get some professionals around you to help you get some some real clear uh really clear pathways and plans around that because otherwise we're just going to do what everyone else does and end up with a mortgage when we're you know we're 90 years old which is you know that's where we'll end up I personally don't think it'd purely be the price of property that's driving that. Um, just a few of the things I've written down here. Com- you know, if you compare now to the year 2000, um, a lot more people are travelling overseas. So I'd suggest there's a lot more people that want to live their life a little bit before settling down. You know, what's the average age before people have kids now? I bet you that's blown out too. Um, you know, there's, there's a different attitude to debt than there used to be. Um, debt used to be a bad thing and you need to get rid of it. Uh, people are happy to, to run with some debt these days. Um, that's just what, what I've found um, in, in our business. Uh, it's not taboo anymore, as Marty spoke about. You know, He got his house at 180 and just wanted to smash the debt down on 160. Um, the other thing is, <laughs> this, this could sound bad, and every time a client brings this up in our office, they say, this is going to sound bad. But people are relying on inheritance these days, and that's just a fact. And I would suggest that 50% of the meetings we have in our financial planning meetings, clients will bring up inheritance and that inheritance is coming because um, their, their, their parents have houses that would be sold um, at exorbitant amounts because they bought them in 1930 or 1940, depending on how old the client is. So I think there's all these other factors that just have changed the way we think about debt, number one, and also the way that we think about the great Aussie dream. It's not a hurry anymore. Go overseas, do this, do all the things you like to do, um, You know, rent where you want to live and buy where you can afford later on. So yeah, I think there'd be few, a few other factors that would be impacting that stat. And, and Nick, sure. I'll, I'll put the question to you. Like Even as a business owner, you know, how you look at a home loan debt. Now, nowadays, it's a lot more difficult to get interest only on your home loan but you know, back probably four or five years ago, as a business owner, you would get interest only on your home loan because you'd reinvest the surplus funds into your business and into other investments as well. So it all depends on which angle you're coming from and what's your viewpoint <clears throat> on debt. So yeah, well, we're we're all investing more, and uh, you know the the overall number of investors now versus thirty, forty, fifty years ago would be far more significant, I would have thought. People are more savvy around using equity to buy properties. That's the other thing. Um, you know, I know my parents didn't have an investment property and I know my, probably your parents didn't either, but look at all the mums and dads now. They're all leveraging on their equity, extending their mortgage and buy another property because they're educated. They know, they know that they can do that. So, yeah, I think hopefully, Jace, it's just a little bit of a, of course, property prices have gone up. We, um, there's, there's no doubt about that. We know that. So, but I think there's some other factors that will be impacting that as well. Know. Very, very wise words, mate, and uh, very good to unpack it in that way. So, well said. Well, 
Nick, I'm excited to end this one on a bit of fun. It's been a while since we've had, uh, you know, a reading the play that was a little bit more lighthearted and uh, upping the mood and not the mood around hot dogs and sausages and bread, but the mood around uh, reading the play. So, Nick, what have you got for us today? Well, I stumbled across this article and I um, a few things clicked when I read it because I'd seen some stuff on social media of some... Um, some Indian guys bowling a ball basically down a pitch, which you know obviously just sounds like cricket, but it just didn't seem like cricket. It wasn't cricket, Marty. <laughs> so <clears throat> there's a fake cricket league that was created in India, um, and it was a couple of weeks after the IPL, I think. Um, but basically, the fake league was created purely um, purely aimed at Russian uh, Russian gamblers, and it was basically they created a fake league so people would gamble on it and they'd keep the money. So police in India, I'm just going to read a few things, um, have shut down uh, an elaborate hoax. And I'll just say too to start, only $6,000 was <laughs> only $6,000 was lost. So they, they didn't reach the punters that they were trying to reach. But police in India have shut down an elaborate hoax cricket league that saw labourers masquerading as professional cricket players to dupe gamblers in Russia. So let me just talk about how far they went here. Um, fashion along the lines of the popular Indian Premier League, a group of men in the West Indian state of, I'm not going to try it and pronounce that, hired a field, set up cameras and asked local labourers to dress up in, in uniforms and play cricket. They even went as far as uh, getting the field umpires to have walkie-talkies um, to look like the IPL. And they even have a, had a common... A, a, Commentator who sounded like uh, the famous Indian commentator Hashar Bogle. Is that how you say it, Marty? Yeah. You're a cricket fan? Hashar, Hashar Bogle. Bogle. Yeah. Yeah. So through YouTube and um, some other means, they were trying to reach uh, Russian bet agencies, which they did. And 6,000 people, unfortunately, in Russia put a bet on this Indian cricket league that did not exist. So... Oh, look, I had a bit of a chuckle because it was Russia. Um, it's almost like you know, a bit of a sucked-in thing. But then, then I just pictured these labourers in uniforms with lights on a pitch just pretending to be to play cricket. I don't, I don't know. Marty, have you seen any of that on social media? I haven't, but I'll be checking tonight. And look, you know me, I'm all for innovation. <laughs> but that is, uh, that is remarkable. I wonder when the gig was up. I wonder when, when someone uh, clicked. And maybe thought, it was the sound Ooh. effects. Yeah, the YouTube yeah. stream included downloaded sound effects to give the impression of a crowd. <laughs> so, the lengths that these guys went to for six grand. I don't know. I wonder, I guess... It, there might be a lot in India, and I wonder how much they paid the the labourers and the uh, the fake Hashar Bogle. But the fact the fact that it went um, for two weeks and they made it to the quarterfinals as well, like I'm, I'm yeah 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 yeah. As I, <laughs> as I was reading through it, I, I did see it pop up on social media, and I saw you know the quality of the the footage they were showing. I'm going, would would I have handed over my money betting? Like I'll bet on almost anything, but I looked at that and thought, geez, well, you, wow, that's you. why the target market was Russia and not Australia, <laughs> right? Most most Aussie people would have picked that up pretty quickly. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah the, just the there was a couple of good hits though, and some of the bowling was, uh, you know, credit to them though. It's um, yeah. I was swinging like a dirty door. It was, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was the, the technique wasn't quite there. I think you you only took a couple of minutes. I would think to work out that something was a bit off. Although I do want my six grand back. 
Well, look, it it, it is an important and timely reminder um, to put my tax accountant or my my accountant hat on at this point of time during the year um, and and at all times. But scams, you know, they they do go around. You do need to be uh, vigilant and watch out Um, at the moment with uh, MyGov, you know, saying click this button to get your tax refund as, you know, everyone's doing their refunds at the moment and MyGov's on your phone. So, um, you know, there's, there's all sorts. I mean, I got forwarded an email this morning from one of the team. It was um, Facebook saying that Future Advisory had violated um, somebody's advertising kind of trademark and, and actually had to read it a couple of times and look at where the email come from. Um, was it actually come from Zero? And it was to do with Future Advisory. We often, you know, post stuff about Zero and how Zero is a great accounting software. And, and I sat there going, oh, hang on. Well, may, maybe we've used some kind of IP of Zeros and Facebook has kind of gone, nope, guys, you can't do that. Click this button here to to ver you know to click into your Facebook account and remove the post, and I sat there you know finger almost on the button. So yeah, there are some elaborate scams out there. Take that as the warning to to be careful. And if you do get a Telegram text message asking you to bet on the IPL, uh, you've been warned that it's probably not real. And uh, you know, be careful. You've been listening to episode 57 of The Numbers Game. So I hope you'll uh, strap on the pads and uh, get betting on some foreign Indian league. What a classic example that was. Hope you had a lot of takeaways today. Link in with us on LinkedIn. Uh, We're always very active there or on Instagram at The Numbers Game Podcast. So until next time, game over. Game over.